0: This is Frank Roth, the Billboard Mastery Podcast. We're now going to wrap up our two-part series on Billboard Lease Trivia with Billboard Lease Trivia Part 2. When we last left off, we were going through the parts of a standard sign location lease. And again, I am not an attorney, never have been, never hope to be, but I want to go ahead and give you some things to watch out for in your sign location lease. Next item you want to watch out for is don't pin yourself down too tight in the manner you will maintain the sign. Typically, the property owner is going to want you to put something in writing saying you'll keep the thing looking decent. Keep that very generic. Say something like in a clean and sightly condition because no one can really define what that means exactly. What is a clean, sightly condition? Well, it could be many things. And when you have something in your lease, it's very hard to pin down. It's very hard for you to get in trouble with that. I would not put in there that it will be beautifully painted and maintained in landscape because that's not actually true. Once you build the sign, sure it'll look great initially, but like all things in life, it will start fading, rusting, things like that. You want to keep it up to a certain standard, but you don't want the property owner calling you every week demanding you come out and repaint it again. Next, you want to have a provision that the person signing the lease warrants that they actually have the authority to sign the lease. Now, you would think that that goes without saying that someone who signs the billboard lease had the power to do so, but let me give you an example. I once had a lease on a sign at an Interstate 20 out in Terrell, Texas. And the person signed my lease. And then before I built the sign, fortunately, I got a call from someone who said, I heard that you were in there looking to put up a sign. And I said, yes, I'm the one building the sign. And they said, no, what do you mean you're building the sign? I'm the property owner. The person that I'd been talking with was not the property owner. They were just one of a group of heirs who had inherited the property They weren't even the majority owner of the property. Even worse than that once, I once called off a sign on a property that said property for sale. I called the phone number to see if I could build a billboard on it. And the person said, yeah, sure. How much would you pay me? I told them and they said, oh, okay. Well, then yeah, we'll do that. Now you'll have to pay us in advance. I said, okay. So I put my lease all together and took it down to them. The whole thing seemed really fishy to me. And then I checked in the property tax records. This person didn't even own the land. They were just a real estate broker. They were going to try and pocket the money under the table. And I don't know what would have happened when the sign went up. I guess they would have claimed that I've been trespassing. Bottom line is you have to have something in your lease that says that the person signing it has the ability to sign it. Now, if someone signs it who doesn't have the ability, sometimes that can still get you what you want. In the case of the property owner in Terrell, I said, Well, you signed it and you promised you had the ability. I've already pulled the permanent stuff, and they were able to convince the other heirs to go ahead and sign too. But you have to have someone, anyone, make the declaration that they do in fact have that authority to get that done. Next, as long as the person signing is bound by it, you have to make sure that all their future heirs are also bound by it. Something that basically states that this lease is binding on all of the future assigns, heirs, executors, representative, and successors, including any subsequent owner, because land changes hands, sometimes a whole lot. I've had property where the land has changed hands just in a 15-year billboard term three or four times. So you can't have someone who buys that land down the road say, wait a minute, uh, I'm not bound by this lease. I didn't sign the original lease. So you need something in that lease that states that everyone who owns the land after the person you signed it up with is still bound by it. Next comes the insurance part of a typical lease and this you have to be very very careful on. Do not guarantee insurance beyond what you can actually obtain. So if you can only get a half million dollars of property insurance or liability of a million make sure you stipulate that in the lease. Don't go promising that you've got 10 million of coverage when you do not because you'll get sued for that. Now, most property owners aren't looking for a huge amount on there, to be honest with you. Typically, a million dollars of liability seems to be about all that they ask because they really can't visualize what that sign could do that could cause more damage to that than their property, and particularly when it's out in a rural area. But again, before you put that in your lease, talk to your insurance agent and find out exactly what you can safely offer because that would be based on what you can safely obtain. Next, you want to have a provision that any notice in that lease has to be given in writing and you have a certain period of time to respond. Because here's what happens. Let's assume someone sells that land to somebody else and you were supposed to send the ground lease to that next owner, but that guy just, he never kind of told you. And you keep sending him the checks and now you're in default because the other guy never got paid in six months. Well, under this paragraph, you need something where if the the property changes hands or anything that happens, they must notify you immediately in writing. You can't have it just haphazard where they called you. Then they'll say, oh yeah, I I called you. I left a voicemail, don't you remember? Now you're into a he said, she said contest, which is never successful in a court of law. So you've got to make sure that whatever you do, that there has to be fair notice given on anything regarding the lease. Next, you typically have a default provision. If either party defaults, then the defaulting party has the right to cure the default. That's a very, very important item. Now, the reason that's so important is let's assume you sent your rent to the property owner as you do every month, but this time is a little different because the person at the post office wasn't paying attention and they dropped your letter with the stamp on the ground and it stuck to the bottom of a cart and it got wheeled off to the other side of the post office, never to be seen from again. You have technically defaulted on your lease. They didn't receive payment. Well, you don't want them to say that your lease has been negated, right? You want the ability to cure that. So you need what is called a cure period in your lease, which gives you the right to solve that. In this case, the cure period would be that you'd get a certified letter saying, I didn't get your rent and you're in default. And then you would run down and and pay them so that your lease is not defaulted. You have to have a cure period. If you don't have a cure period, you will be always having a little bit of stress because you're never really sure what's really going on. Next, you want to have a provision that everything related to that billboard is your property and not the property owner's property. This is an absolutely vital provision of any lease because what's happening here is in the event that you cancel at some point and want to remove the sign, let's say the highway changed direction or shut down or there's a horrible blockage, you have to have the ability to remove that sign It's supposed to be your property. In some states, if you don't stipulate that everything is your property, the property owner will claim it's theirs. They'll claim that you built it, and once you built it, it became part of their land. Don't fall into that trap. Also make sure, however, when you talk about removing the sign, that you are clear that you only remove the sign from roughly the ground up. Because after the ground, down in the ground, not only do you have a pole, pipe made of wood or metal, but it's typically concreted in. And normally when they build the billboard, it becomes what they call bell-shaped, that at the bottom, there's some degree of cave-in. So that concrete thing is not just a cylinder. It looks instead like a, a triangular object. It's impossible to get it out of the ground. Insanely expensive. So make sure that you own everything from the ground up, but you don't really want to own things from the ground down because that foundation, to remove that foundation, would be a whole lot of money. Finally as far as how people sign the lease you may or may not need to add the concept of notarization. Many people like to go down and put their lease into the county lease records and you typically can't record the lease in the absence of notarization. Now you need to find out if you want to do this what the county court requires to notarize and record that lease. Sometimes they'll do it if only one party is notarized. Sometimes they need both. Many lenders require the lease to be recorded. Many sign companies record the lease so there's public record of what the lease is. Now, if you're going to record your lease, you might wanna go ahead and X out the amount of payment. That way other sign companies don't know what you're paying so they let her try and jump your lease. Many of your tax assessors will allow you to do that, to basically draw through the price so no one can read it. But it is important if your lender is gonna require that the lease be recorded that you do have sufficient Notarization that you can, in fact, record it. Otherwise, you'd have to go back and get the lease re-signed all over again. Again, these are just some various tips on a successful billboard lease. I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice. I'm simply trying to tell you some practical trivia about leases to hopefully make your lease a better one. This is Frank Roth, the Billboard Mastery Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Billboard Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at www.billboardmastery.com where you can find past episodes of this show plus an array of information to help you successfully build, buy, and operate Billboard Signs.